Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Yo, yo, happy new year and welcome to Crypto 101. We're going to get straight into it today. Today, we're going to talk about a word that you've seen all over crypto Twitter, all over the space. And it's great because it's from Harry Potter and it rhymes a little bit of a tongue twister. Mimble Wimble. What is Mimble Wimble? And we have invited Mr. Alexander Zeidelson, CEO of Beam, to give us a one oh one about what is Mimble Wimble. And he's going to talk a little bit about his project, Beam, which utilizes Mimble Wimble. But before we start this conversation, please, please share these episodes with friends, family, and everyone you know. Post it on Twitter, post it on Facebook, post Crypto 101 so people can find and see us. And let's make 2019 the year of blockchain education. And don't forget to go to iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcast, subscribe, and leave us a rating and a good comment. And now let's welcome Mr. Alexander Zeidelson. We'll see you after the show. Mr. Alexander Zeidelson, CEO of Beam, welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Matthew. I am super excited about having you on the show because you are going to fill a huge gap in our playlist. And that huge gap is Mimble Wimble 101, and we get to know about Beam, which is doing a lot with that. So first, before we get into that, I would like to know more about you. Sir, could you please briefly introduce yourself? With pleasure. So I'll start with my education. Okay, um, I was trained in applied linguistics, which is a combination of linguistics and computer science. And then I got my MBA after that. Um, I started my career as a software developer because I always loved computers and started studying programming even before high school. I worked in several companies here in Israel as a software developer. Then in 2005, I founded a company called Narius together with two friends, and we were doing a lot of stuff in the peer-to-peer network space. We were monitoring those networks. Uh, we were trying to sell legitimate, co- legitimate meaning copyrighted uh, content in those networks. And the technology was, you know, now I understand that the peer-to-peer file sharing technology is somewhat similar to... Uh, blockchain because it's also permissionless and fully distributed and also resilient to attacks. So back then we were also doing a lot of peer-to-peer on the mobile. If you remember the Symbian operating system that Nokia was doing. So we created a first peer-to-peer file sharing client on that platform. So doing a lot of interesting stuff. After Narius, um, I spent some time in a company called WeFi. I was running the product management there. The company was doing a lot of big data analytics and mobile networks. Uh, so we're working a lot with data, big data, uh, user behavior, all kinds of uh, uh, statistical insights uh, on the users. Uh, also, a little bit before WeFi, I founded another company called Wikitop, which was a small outfit in which I created a desktop dictionary piece of software, which allowed you to, to right-click any word on the screen of your Windows computer and get an instant translation that I brought from Wiktionary, Wikipedia, and places like that, and it would show pictures, videos to illustrate the concept the user was looking for. GitHub was eventually sold to iMesh. In 2016, I joined a venture capital fund uh, where I worked for two years. So we were investing in growth and late-stage companies here in Israel. And in 2018, I joined Beam because I really wanted to 
do stuff uh, with my own hands and with a team as opposed to, uh, you know, observing other people doing stuff, which is what people do when they're in, uh, you know, in a VC fund. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about the space. I think this technology, the blockchain technology in general is transformative and will lead to a better world eventually. And I also feel that Mimble Wimble, which we're going to talk about, is one of the more elegant pieces of technology developed in this space. And it can really speed up the adoption and make crypto more accessible and eventually more used in real life. So you're in Israel right now. Is that correct? That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm based in Israel. So, so you were always into tech. You're always into like computers. And what was it about your upbringing in Israel that puts you onto that path? What was it that, that when you were when you were a kid? Was there a TV show or a parent or a relative or what was uh, it? Okay, well, uh, just a small correction. I actually grew up in Russia and I moved to Israel when I was like 23. Oh, I so it, it was not an Israeli upbringing, but you know, it's, it's totally okay. But you know, speaking about Israel, I think the tech scene here is is booming everyone or tons of people are doing startups and it has to do with several things first a lot of people are into technology here but i'm not sure even that there are more people in technology here than anywhere else but the reason why there is so much innovation in startups is because everybody has heard about a startup in israel about a success everybody has a friend or a relative doing a startup and the whole ecosystem is pretty supportive in that there are a lot of incubators, there are a lot of VC funds who are looking to fund projects, and also there is no fear of failure. And and this might be one of the more important things in my view that kind of helped Israel become this startup hotbed, because people here are willing to try things and and it's okay to fail. I mean, to fail gracefully, to fail for for good reasons, right? I mean, it's okay to try something new, and then find that there's no market for that or that the technology is not exactly working or something like that. And it's very well accepted by the society. So people tinker, people go out and try things, and eventually some people succeed really big time. So uh, that's both about the upbringing and about the uh, ecosystem that is supportive and not punitive to people who fail. Because, you know, in my book, the, the only people who don't fail are people who don't do anything right right so so if, if you do new things you fail a lot of times and it's important that your failure is not perceived as like staying on your reputation right if you right. did all you could the best way you could agreed agreed i have no and i have no way to get into this gracefully <laughs> this is we're going to use that word today uh so i'm just going to make the transition to mimble wimble it's a cool name it's a little bit of a tongue twister what is Mimblewimble? Mimblewimble is a protocol that was published in 2016 by an anonymous person under a pseudonym of Voldemort in French. Uh, it was published uh, on, a, on a mailing list. It was uh, just an article describing some basic ideas that can make confidential and scalable blockchain possible. And uh, the name itself is actually also from Harry Potter, so the person who invented it is obviously a fan. So Mimblewimble is a, a spell that prevents you from speaking about something. So if I do a Mimblewimble spell on you, then you won't be able to talk about a specific topic that I had in mind when I did the spell, right? So Mimblewimble is something that keeps 
your transactions confidential and prevents others from seeing it, prevents the blockchain from telling everyone about your transactions. How does it do that? You know, the, the basic idea of, uh, of blockchain or Bitcoin was to create a public ledger, right? A ledger where all the balances are written and everybody can see everything and everybody can validate that a transaction is valid and legal. So in, in, in Bitcoin and many other currencies, you have an address, right? You have like an address and you have some uh, some balance there and you can spend uh, um, spend this balance. Now, in Mimblewimble, actually, the whole... Uh, concept was turned upside down. So in Imblewimble, there are no addresses, right? What there is, is a list of UTXOs, and we can think about UTXO as in, in our lingo, it's unspent transaction output, but you can think of it as a safe deposit box with some money in it. So in Mimblewimble, every user has one or more uh, safe deposit boxes, okay, and holds the keys to each of uh, their boxes. Now, so, so the blockchain actually is a huge set of boxes that all look the same from the outside. When you're looking at them, you have no way of telling what's inside or who owns which box. Mm-hmm. Okay, does it make sense? Makes so sense far? so far. Okay, great. So now let's say I'm a user and uh, let's say I'm a miner and I just mined a, uh, a coin and now I have, let's say, 80 beams in my safe deposit box, right? So now I want to send you 50 beam, okay? So what I do is something like this. I take my deposit box and I create two other safe deposit boxes, one with 50 beams for you and another one with the remaining 30 beams for me, right? Mm -hmm. Now, and then I send this whole structure to you and I reveal the key to your box to you. You change the key, right? And then we both sign the transaction and then we send it to the blockchain for validation. Okay, so again, I took one of my boxes, divided it into two, because you know usually it's not the exact amount, right? So usually I have a box and I don't want to send all of it to you. So I give you 50 and I leave 30 for me in this mm-hmm. case. Okay, so now, as in every blockchain, we need to validate this transaction, right? So we need to send it to everyone and say, hey, you know, this is what we did and please validate it's all correct, right? right. But remember, we don't want to show the amounts to anyone. Right. So what we actually do is when when the blockchain sees these transactions, they can check two things. The first thing they can check is that the sum of the inputs equals the sum of the outputs. Hmm. Okay, meaning they, they want to check that if I put in 80, then what came out of the transaction sums to 80 as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And due to the way that a UTXO, this deposit box, is represented mathematically and it is represented by something called Peterson commitment, which I don't know if you want to get into, but you, you can believe me that there is a way to make this sum and check that it equals zero. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the blockchain just validates that I took my box, divided into two boxes, and that whatever came on the output of the transaction equals to what came as input. So meaning that no money was burned and also more importantly, probably no new money was printed, right? Because otherwise I could take 80 and divide it into a hundred to you and a hundred to me, right? So right. so uh, this this thing checks, the, checks that. Okay, so this is one check. And another one is a little bit more intricate, but it also validates that all the numbers are positive, right? Because 
you know, we, as, as I just said, we need to check that the sum equals zero, right? So I could potentially took my 80, give you a hundred and give me a minus 20, mm -hmm. right? So we have 80 on the one hand and a hundred and minus 20 on the other hand, and it, it equals, right? The, the sums equal 80 on the one hand, 80 on the other hand. But what happens is that we actually printed money. We gave you a hundred, which I didn't have. And I got minus 20, which in, you know, in, in the byte representation is actually equal to a huge number. It kind of causes an overflow. So uh, the blockchain also validates that the amounts are all positive. And the technology we use for that is called Bulletproofs. It was invented by Benedict Boons. And it's a flavor of zero. It's, it's a zero knowledge proof protocol. So meaning that we can prove that the figure, the numbers are positive without showing the actual numbers. So this way, the transaction is created and validated by the blockchain. And then uh, the only kind of transaction that is actually public is what's called a Coinbase transaction, right? So when somebody mines a block, it's uh, public. So people see that, you know, uh, a block reward was generated. So we know where the first safe deposit box came from. And then whatever happens to it, if those two rules are upheld, is legal, right? So if I, if everybody knows where I got my initial 80 beams by mining a block, let's say there's just one block in existence. And then when I send you uh, money, I just divide whatever I legally have into smaller pieces, right? So in the end of the day, the sum of all the transactions uh, we have all the inputs on one hand, all of the outputs on the other hand, and they all sum to zero. Okay, and this is what the blockchain validates. And the actual blockchain contains of cons consists of the current state of the UTXOs. It is just think of it as a huge room filled with safe deposit boxes. Okay, and each user owns the keys to theirs. And then there is a proof that the state that we are now is legal, meaning that every transaction on the way to the state complied with those two properties. So the sum of the inputs was equal to the sum of the outputs and all the units were positive. So basically in Mimblewimble, we don't store the transaction history. We just store a relatively concise proof that each transaction was legal. Uh, and, and what we store is just the current state of money and who owns what. And this results in a much, much smaller blockchain that uh, other currencies have to maintain because they keep the full transaction history. So that goes into my next question, actually. Why is this scalable? So when we say scalability, what we mean is the size of the blockchain, mm -hmm. right? So... Uh, Today, you know, look at if you look at Bitcoin, the blockchain size is about 200 gigs, right? If you look at uh, Monero, uh, and you assume the same or more or less the same amount of usage, the blockchain size would be a terabyte. Okay, meaning that it's really hard to synchronize and to run a node on a consumer grade machine, right? right? Not all of us, I mean, today's laptops don't even usually have terabyte drives, right? And, you know, if we're thinking further down the road and the volumes increase, then, you know, this really becomes very unwieldy and it can only be run by, you know, dedicated hardware making it in less scalable in this respect. With Beam and Mimblewimble, the blockchain size would be somewhere between one third to one tenth of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also have some more ideas for the future and how to make it even smaller. 
and that makes it more scalable, meaning that you can run a full node on a much weaker device, making it more distributed, more more democratized. Gotcha, gotcha. And you said that in the future that there's a possibility to make, even make that size smaller because the only thing I'm thinking is the more people that's going to start using, say, uh, Bitcoin, Beam, or transacting, it's only going to get make the blockchain bigger. So you're going to need to make it smaller or else we're going to start running up against that one uh, terabyte. Yeah, at some point, you know, you're right. At some point, you know, it, it will grow. But the good thing about Mimblewimble is that the blockchain size is not growing that much with the number of transactions, rather it's growing proportionate to the number of different UTXOs, right? The, num the number of UTXOs that, uh, or, or those safe deposit boxes that are in existence. Uh, so we will need actually to see how this develops. Uh, in Bitcoin, I think the number of UTXOs is like three times larger than the number of transactions. Mm. Uh, but we will need to see how it develops because it really, uh, really depends on the usage. So one of the biggest aspects of Mimblewimble is the privacy aspect. One, why is this important? And two, how does this fit into Mimblewimble? We believe privacy is part of sovereignty over your money, right? Because when Bitcoin came out, it actually gave people a way to be, to own their money in a full sense of the word. You know, having your private key means that nobody can spend your money, nobody can block your transaction, you, you're, uh, you, you own the information. But in our view, if the information about your finances is public or, or not confidential, you're still not really sovereign right because somebody could learn how much money you have and then do some things about that right so if you think about a person or a business and if you ask somebody hey are you willing to post your bank statements online for everyone to observe i would say you know 99.99 percent of the people would say are you crazy no no way of course no way why like are you a criminal? Are you hiding something? No, it's mm -hmm. just my personal information, right? Right. And uh, it's right for private people, and it's even more right for businesses, right? Because if uh, in a comp competitive environment, I know exactly what my competitors are paying and to who and how much they're earning, I could really do some interesting stuff to undercut them or to compete more efficiently. So businesses don't share that information, right? Even, even public companies would only share what they're absolutely required to share, and are not disclosing, you know, the details of their finances. So we think that a currency that is not private is is very uh, it's very difficult to get it adopted in in the real life, right? Because people are just those kinds of creatures that don't like to share their financial information with anyone, right? So we believe privacy is super important, and and Mimblewimble actually solves this very elegantly, right? And it's actually the first protocol that offers a proof of work coin that is private but also is more scalable than the original developments so can we summarize mimblewimble in say two sentences for we just talked about 15 minutes about mimblewimble a lot of stuff in there i know a lot of people have their pens out taking notes but can we just wrap that all up into two sentences yeah so mimblewimble is a very elegant protocol that allows to use the original Bitcoin principles of a decentralized, permissionless, and proof-of-work currency, but it solves for full confidentiality and much better scalability 
than the original Bitcoin. I heard there's some downfalls to Mimblewimble, however, that you would have to, for example, have to have your wallet or be online all the time and some other ones. Could you go into those maybe negative aspects? Yeah. In Mimblewimble, you actually need both sides of the transaction to sign it. So both wallets need to participate in setting up the transaction, right? So in uh, some implementation, uh, you might need those two wallets to be online at the time of the transaction. And this is not very useful, right? Because, you know, if I want to send you money, I don't want to wait until you actually open up your laptop and fire up your wallet. It's, it's not very convenient. So we actually solved that by introducing a, uh, well, a system that we call the secure bulletin board system. Which is actually, which actually allows to forego this requirement of being online uh, all the time. So, if I want to send you money, I would send some information to the secure bulletin, which is also distributed between our nodes. And then, when you come online, then you would read this information, uh, you know, do your part of the transaction, and then send it back through secure BBS. And then I will complete the transaction. So there's no need to be online at the same time, right? So. Moreover, we actually turned this deficiency or, or let's say limitation of the protocol into an advantage for our further developments. And there we're talking about uh, a compliant wallet where a user can attach all kinds of transaction documents and additional data to a transaction and then show that to an auditor if they choose to. So here we will be leveraging this conversational nature of Mimblewimble to actually say, okay, I want to send you those hundred bucks, but I want you to attach an invoice to your side of the, of the transaction. I want to review the invoice, make sure it's correct before I complete it. So in Mimblewimble, this is possible because the transaction is a conversation and the two sides are required to sign it. Okay, so we kind of got off a little bit off to into being more instead of Mimblewimble. Back back to Mimblewimble. There are actually downfalls to Mimblewimble, and that is you have to be online at the same time. Something you you to have be- to have two sides. Yeah, you have to both sides have What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To participate in the transaction, I would put it that way. You don't have to really be online at the same time in Mimblewimble, mm-hmm. but you need both sides to create the transactions. So you can't say it's a deficiency because in Bitcoin, if I have your address, I just can send you money and you can you know, get online 100 years from now and receive your funds. Uh, in Mimblewimble, that won't work. Right. And now in Beam, I actually created solutions to this. And those are some of the solutions that you just stated. Can we go into a little bit more about Beam and what it's doing with Mimblewimble, privacy and scalable confidential cryptocurrency? Yeah. So at Beam, we actually got really fascinated with, with Mimblewimble. And we saw that it has a potential to uh, there is a potential to build a cryptocurrency that is really fit for the real world using using Mimblewimble. We felt that privacy is something that's really badly needed uh, for any financial product. Remember Wimble solves for that. We felt that scalability is something that is also badly needed because huge blockchains prevent uh, decentralization uh, and prevent real scalability of a protocol. Uh, and we, we set out on a way to take Mimblewimble and try to hide some of its, uh, let's say, limitations, as uh, as we just discussed, you know, this, this this requirement for two wallets to be online at the same time, to hide it in such a way that the user experience is very smooth. So today, if you take our wallet and, you know, the user experience is very similar to say, Bitcoin or other currency, you just paste some uh, some string. Uh, some gibberish string that you receive from the send from from the recipient of your money, and you click send, and and everything magically happens behind the scenes without you need to uh, understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to that, we had another idea. So we said, okay, a cryptocurrency needs to be confidential, right? But what about businesses, right? Uh, what about people who need to report their transactions at some point or another. Let's say when you have when you do some business in crypto and then you want to convert into fiat or when you want to submit your tax declaration or if you want to go undergo an audit, right? Some businesses do that, you know, we might not like taxes uh, or we might not like financial uh, accountability and compliance. Mm-hmm. But it is there and it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we figured that a cryptocurrency that wants to be used in large scale needs to play ball with the regulation if the user chooses so, right? So that's why we developed this concept of opt-in compliance or opt-in auditability, which leverages, as I mentioned, the properties of Mimblewimble, and that will eventually allow businesses to create a wallet uh, that has additional auditor keys attached to it, and that allows the business to attach documents and document all of their transactions on the blockchain and then present them in a provable and secure way to whoever they choose to present without compromising their privacy and without compromising the privacy of other users, mm-hmm. right? So, so it will be like very close to the original dream of digital cash, right? So cash, uh, when I handle cash, I choose the level of disclosure that I wanna do, right? I might just give you $100, or I might uh, give you $100 and ask for an invoice, or I might pay 
100 bucks in in a store get this uh, cash register slip right so there are, there are different scenarios here for cash and, and and for each transaction there is a certain level of uh disclosure which can be zero or it can be like full kyc in certain cases this is what we want to facilitate by beam and again without compromising the price this is super important to underline the stress that this compliance feature is fully optional. People who will want to stay 100% confidential, no problem at all. This is how Beam works and will work by default. So by default, everything you do is fully confidential. Nobody has any way to see it, not from the blockchain and not, not from anywhere else. There's a couple of things that you had on your website that I want to ask if, if you have this yet, because... Um you know, a lot, there's a lot of companies coming out with different coins or what have you, but they're still in progress. And I just want to see where's where your status in development. It says atomic swaps, hardware wallet integration, wallet apps for mobile and desktop. Are those there right now for us? So what is there right now uh, is a desktop wallet working for three leading platforms, Linux, Windows, and Mac. So atomic swap is not there yet. Atomic swap will be developed post mainnet so our site says it will be it, it will be ready for mainnet it most likely won't uh and same for the hardware wallet as to the mobile uh we have a closed closed beta coming up on google play soon but also we can't i cannot say it will be part of the mainnet release in, in the full sense of the word but it will come very soon after the launch. So we have developed the software now in the testing stage and we'll open it up for the public to also participate in the testing really soon. But your mainnet is actually launching here pretty soon, isn't it? That's correct. That's correct. We're planning to launch the mainnet very soon. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You had no ICO, no pre-mined coins. How are you funding the project? So we're operating according to the treasury model. It's inspired in a lot of ways by what Zcash did. So the way it works is as follows. Uh, we, when we launched, there are zero coins in existence, but in the first five years of existence, 20% of all the emitted coins uh, go to a treasury. Okay, and this treasury is used uh, for three purposes. It's used to pay the investors, okay, who actually risk their money to support the project and to to help us do what we're doing. A part will go to the founding team and the employees also on a five-year schedule. And another part would go to a nonprofit foundation, which will eventually take over the governance of the protocol. This is how the project is funded. And this setup kind of aligns the interests of the investors and the core team for a pretty long run right, for, for at least for five years. And the foundation, which will get the funds unconditionally from the blockchain, it will be the body that in the future will be supporting the currency uh, and distributing those funds to develop, research, educate uh, about Beam and, you know, all the adjacent topics, private coins, uh, financial literacy, and all that stuff. Right on, right on. My next question about the project is, I guess, my own personal, my own personal sentiment about the space these days. You have so many different cryptocurrencies out there, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, whatever. You have Monero that's tackling privacy and a lot of other coins that are tackling this privacy aspect. 
you have stable coins. You have banks that are now looking at you know either setting up infrastructure to support cryptocurrencies or even maybe think about making their own cryptocurrency or currency on the blockchain. Why Beam? First, Beam is implementing Mimblewimble, which is really a huge step forward, right? It is the first protocol that allows both scalability and confidentiality, right? So it's pretty amazing. So there are other private coins. You just mentioned Monero, great technology. We talked about Zcash. They are doing a great job, but they have their scalability is poorer and much worse than what Mimblewimble allows. This is one. And two is that we have this vision a coin that is confidential on the one hand, but also opt-in compliant on the other hand. And we believe this is the way to go. Because today, if I'm a business and I want to use a currency, I have, you know, I, I can choose Bitcoin, but then all my transactions are public. Or I could choose, uh, say, Monero or uh, Zcash with Z addresses, which is very private, pretty good privacy. But I then cannot disclose my transactions even if I want to, uh, or it's super hard to do that. So uh, we want to kind of marry those both worlds and give people real sovereignty, both on their funds and on the information about their funds, who I want to share this information with, uh, either nobody or specific people. But then when I share this information, I share a very rich set of data and that is provably complete and that would convince the other party that I'm showing all of my transactions in in a good way and, and with all the documents. So Beam leverages this amazing new technology with this more encompassing vision of creating a cryptocurrency for the real world that can plug into both the, let's say, the, this somewhat utopian uh, anarchist crypto world on the one hand and into the financial establishment on the, on the other hand. It's not an easy thing to do, right? So we, we expect a lot of challenges on the way, but we think this is the right way. Right on, right on. Do you think that there could be multiple, many, hundreds, or even thousands of cryptocurrencies in use and Beam just being one of them? Or is your idea that there is going to be only a choice few currencies in circulation? I think that there will be a lot of different currencies uh, and, you know, what's happening now is a testimony to that because creating a new currency, uh, especially if you're using a uh, well-documented protocol or some sort of a, a platform like Ethereum, right, it's, it's, it's not such, such a huge en endeavor, right? So there will be hundreds of cryptocurrencies, but there will be very few leading cryptocurrencies, right, that, that people actually use, right? And you can also see today, uh, I don't have the exact number, but I would guess that maybe 90% of all the market cap and usage is captured by maybe 10 leading currencies. And I think this will continue to be the case. And we believe that with the properties that we are talking about and with the features and the usability of Beam, Beam has a great chance to be in those top 10. Before we go into those general questions, is there any last things you would like to tell the listeners about Beam or Mimblewimble? Just to sum up, uh, at Beam, we're using this amazing Mimblewimble technology and we're building a currency for real life usage. And we're working hard to make it very easy to use. We're working hard to test our software really nicely. We spent a lot of effort on security audits, which we'll be publishing soon. We're taking this very seriously because we understand that we're building 
money. We're building currency and there's no place for, you know, mistakes or too much innovation where it's not absolutely needed. What do you think of your, the crypto space these days? There's a lot of different sentiment in the market right now. A lot of people are depressed or some people are very optimistic because people are building. New people are not coming in right now. They're just still waiting uh, on the next big push for cryptocurrency. What's your take on the whole thing? I think this, this crash may eventually be a good thing. And uh, I think in general, the periods of pessimism and crisis are good to start new things. I think that for the ecosystem as a whole, this is somewhat sobering. And this crash will weed out a lot of bad projects and bad actors and people who were in this just for, you know, for the crazy money without any serious substance. And unfortunately, I think there were quite a lot of projects that can be characterized by that. So I think that this will, as I said, weed out those low quality or plain bad actors and leave people who have substance and who are really developing something interesting. And then it will lead to a more sustainable growth that is backed by real stuff more than by just talk and promises that uh, are sometimes unfounded. You're very tuned into innovation and new technologies or new protocols that can be implemented into the cryptocurrency space, hence what you're doing with Beam. What other projects are in the space right now that is giving you, I guess, maybe that energy or that optimism for the future that maybe some new technology or new project that you have your eye on? Well, so so first there is Grin, of course, which is the project that started implementing Mimblewimble. And we, we also got quite a lot of inspiration from them. So we are kind of cooperation competition with them. Uh, we're talking a lot. You know, the guys that are doing some great stuff and they also will be launching soon. There are some other interesting projects, maybe Coda Protocol is something caught my eye relatively recently, which is a protocol that claims to have even greater scalability by just reducing the blockchain to a set of zero-knowledge proof that is really small. I think stablecoins are pretty interesting, especially things like MakerDAO, where you have like truly decentralized stablecoin, which solves for this volatility problem for people who are afraid to use crypto because it just is jumping like crazy. So I would say those are more interesting uh, developments right now. There is also a lot going on in tokenizing securities or tokenizing stuff on the blockchain, I think. Uh, so companies like you know, Securitize, Polymath, uh, Tokeny, and a lot of others. So this can also be very interesting and democratize the finances and make investments and moving stuff around easier for people. There are also some even more ambitious projects talking about changing the consensus mechanism from proof of work to proof of something else. You know, Space Mesh is doing something very interesting in proof of proof of space or proof of space time. You know, there are a lot of proof of stake coins. If those technologies are proven, this can really make mining and, and consensus mechanisms more efficient and easier. At Beam, we are big fans of proof of work uh, right now. And until there is some proof of something else that is 
proven, and sorry for using the same word, proven, <laughs> time proven, and attack proven, we think until it happens, we believe that proof of work is like the go-to consensus mechanism for blockchains. You know, we try to do 101 episodes here. This is probably a little bit deeper than a 101, maybe 102, but I think we did a pretty good job of, well, you did a pretty good job of explaining Mimblewimble and how it can interact with other projects and a project such as yours, Beam. But if this was the first podcast that somebody was listening to when they were getting into the space, maybe a brand new person, a noob, they're tuning into Crypto 101, what would you want them to know about the space or about the technology? I think it's very important to explain to people who are joining the space, the well-known cryptocurrencies are not private, right? So to explain that whatever you're doing in this new amazing world of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a ton of others leaves a trail forever. And anything you do, buy, sell, store money can be discovered, observed, and acted upon, uh, whether you like it or not. And there is very hard for you to even know whether anyone knows what you did, right? Whether your address is de-anonymized or not. So, and the information stays there forever. I think it's important to drive this message to people that the like first and second generation of cryptocurrencies are not confidential. And I'm talking about, you know, Bitcoin and its derivatives and Ethereum and its, its derivatives, right? So, which makes it really hard to use in a large scale for day-to-day real-life scenarios, right? And I would say that Mimblewimble is a protocol that solves for that in a very elegant way. So I think this is like the, the key message for a total noob who is coming to the space and thinks it's, wow, it's amazing. It's important for people to understand that whatever you're doing on the classic cryptocurrencies is not private and can be discovered and reviewed by anyone with a little bit of sophistication and the level of sophistication declines with time, right? Because people are building tools that anyone can use uh, to reveal your transaction history or something like that. In, I guess, 30 seconds, I think we need to sum up for the noob why privacy is important because everybody talks about transparency everything's transparent and it's basically put on a pedestal of what you know cryptocurrency and blockchain is supposed to be let's make the corporations uh transparent let's make everybody transparent and we're gonna have a better world but there's a lot of danger in that can you just briefly touch on the negatives of transparency i think i would ask a very simple question to just any private person are you ready to publish your financial statements online and all your purchases online for everyone to review and do it not just once and selectively, but like say for half a year, just or for a month, you know, whatever, just your income and where you're spending your money in. And I think everyone will say no freaking way because sometimes you buy things that you don't want pe- people to know you, you're buying, right? you buying uh, medicine, right, or, or other stuff, right, or, or wine or whatever, right? Because if, if, you, if you are fully transparent, you are very vulnerable because people will find something bad to say about you, even if you didn't do anything wrong. And that's why we as humans really want to keep a lot of aspects of our lives private, not because we're doing anything wrong, but just because some things are private that are only to be disclosed to who I want to disclose that to my close friends, to my relatives, maybe, or maybe right. to no one. And and that's true for the finances as well. So simple question, are you ready to publish all your financial statements online, complete with all your purchases 
and what you bought and where. And in 99.9999%, the answer would be no freaking way. And to quote Biggie Smalls from the 10 Crack Commandments, the cheddar breeds jealousy, especially if that man messed up, get your ass stuck up. You don't want people to know how much money you hold because somebody could come out and try to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, some people say, well, this is only for the rich guys. Yeah, I only earn, you know, a small amount of money. So, but well, even, even then. Yeah, there's always somebody that's going to earn. You want to keep it private. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's always going to be somebody that earns even smaller amount of money. <laughs> that too. That too. Right, right. That too. That too. There will be envy. There will be, uh, uh, there will be, you know, seeking like, okay, let's see what interesting things this guy does. Oh, they buy you know, this, this kind of medicine, or they go to, uh, to the movies like three times a week. So they are lazy or they do this. So, you know, it's private. You don't want to disclose that. Nobody does. Before I ask you this last question today, I want to say thank you very much for the 50 minutes of your time. Thank you very much for going over Mimblewimble 101. And I want to say good luck to rolling out the mainnet here very soon for Beam. And I can't wait to follow up with you to see how the mainnet launch went and see all these other aspects of Beam being rolled out from the wallets to the apps and what have you. Well, Matthew, thank you so much. It was a pleasure and, and great questions. And I hope I uh, helped spread some light on, on this great technology of Mimblewimble. We have a lot of work in our hand. We, we are very busy now and we'll be even busier after the main launch. And thank you for wishing us good luck. We need luck and we, we have solid engineering and great vision, but luck is something that's always good to have as well. Last question we have of the day. What songs would you like to put on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist? Wow, that's a tough one. Uh, Bob Dylan, like Rolling Stone. I just love this song. You got it. Alexander, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Great pleasure. Thank you. Yo, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Alex, if you're listening, thank you very much for coming on the show. And in our next episode, we have the most popular portfolio tracking app CEO, Mr. Edward Mankata of Blockfolio. And we're going to go through that whole story of creating Blockfolio, how it became the most popular portfolio app on the market. And he has amazing personal stories to tell us. I'm excited to hear this episode. Before we go, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com, the best place to track your real-time prices. And Jay LaBella, thank you very much for editing this show. We'll see you in next episodes of Crypto 101. Happy New Year. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.